Some of us in here say, yes, I'm wise. Others of us will say, no, I'm not wise, but I'm definitely not a fool. But very few of us say, I'm the fool. So when we read the Bible and we read these verses that talk about the fool, because there are literally hundreds of them, uh, we, we read them with other people in mind. So I knew he was a fool. You're reading along and said, that fool, I've been telling everybody and no one would listen. But what we, gotta, what we need is we need the Holy Spirit to open up our own hearts so that we can examine them. The Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Uh, listen, we don't know our own hearts sometimes, so we need the Holy Spirit to open our hearts and reveal to us what's going on inside. We think we know. So God revealed to me, have, have I been a fool and paying the consequences of the actions of being a fool? I don't want that for you because the consequences are very, very severe. So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, just a quick recap. When I was with you on part two, we talked about you know a fool by the way he learns. You know a fool by the way he learns, and we talked about several ways, uh, th things in, in relation to that. If you guys will help me, number one was simply this. Do you have that ready? Okay, here we go. You have no heart for learning. A fool has no heart for learning. He doesn't even want to learn. He's not even trying to learn. He doesn't even care to learn. Number two, you despise discipline. Now, the Bible doesn't say you have to like it, but the wise man accepts it, learns from it, and makes quick changes. But the fool just despises it. Number three, punishment doesn't help. Remember, he says, one rebuke will work for a wise man, but it's better than a hundred lashes on the back of a fool. A hundred lashes, meaning you can keep beating him and beating him and beating him and beating him, but it won't help him because he's a fool. Number four, you trust your own insight. The Bible said that a fool trusts his own insight or a fool thinks his own way is right. Number five, you repeat your foolishness. This is the verse where, where the psalmist wrote, as a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool returns to his own foolishness. We just keep on repeating the same thing and repeating the same thing and repeating the same thing and we really think it's going to work this time. But foolishness won't work. And you can keep trying all you want to, but you'll keep having the same results. Here was some of the consequences that we talked about. Number one, you'll ruin your own life. No one has to do it for you. The devil doesn't have to do it for you. God doesn't have to do it for you. Your spouse doesn't have to do it for you. It's not your boss. It's not the government. You will ruin your own life. And then here's what the Bible said. And then you'll blame God. Number two. You become a servant to the wise. When, 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 we, when we're a fool, we become a servant to the wise. So today we're going to shift gears just slightly, and we're going to talk about, uh, talk about a fool, but in relation to this, you know a fool by his actions. You know a fool by how he acts. You know a fool by what he does. Not just what he says, not just the way he learns, but you know a fool by how he acts. I think we ought to begin today with a word of prayer. What do you think? 
All right. Father, I thank you for your presence here today. I thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit that to, to talk to us and speak to us and teach us and heal us. And uh, you, you just want to do some work on us today, God, and we welcome that. Open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to hear from you and to be challenged by the power of your word. Do something wonderful in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to concur with Pastor Chris and say uh, welcome to mom and dad uh, here. So good to have you guys with us. I didn't know you were in town, um, but they are wonderful people. If you, ever, if you haven't met them, make sure that you uh, get to them after service. Tell them uh, how great they are. And uh, you know a tree by its fruit. And uh, Pastor Yolanda is amazing, as you all know, and that's because, uh, in great degree, because she has two amazing parents. And so I want to honor them for, for being here today. So you know a fool by his actions. Here's number one. We find this in Proverbs 12 and 16. Proverbs 12 and 16. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. First thing that we, see, that we can see in a fool here is you know a fool because he is quick-tempered or short-tempered. A fool reacts. A fool blows up. A fool gets angry. People around him are like, man, that was quick. Yeah, it's because he's a fool. He doesn't know any better. But the excuse is, well, that was justified. Uh, think about it like this. The, 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 uh, the, the Message Bible says it this way. Uh, fools have short fuses and they explode all too quickly, but the prudent quietly shrugs off insults. Are you quick-tempered? Are you angry? And Do you get upset? Do you get angry quickly? Uh, do you yell? Do you argue? Are you the one that fires back? Do you have a short fuse? Do you explode all too quickly? You see, we do it under the guise of, well, it was justified. If you knew what they did to me, did you hear what they said to me? I don't have to take that. I will not be disrespected. I am a man and you will respect me. I don't have to take this. I don't, let, I don't let anybody run over me. I don't let anybody talk to me that way. I don't let anybody treat me that way. Have you ever said these things? We excuse it because of what someone else has done to us or said about us. But here's what the Bible said, if, if you'll put my verse back up for me uh, one more time. That's an excuse because the, the prudent quietly shrug off insults. Put it up in the New Living Translation for me. The wise man... Uh, uh, nope, I'm sorry, same verse, but there we go. Nope, we're going to get there. Go back to the original verse I put up if you would. There we go. That's in the message. I'm looking forward to the new living. Hey, yes, I'm sorry. I'm very confusing sometimes. Um, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. You see, we have the excuse that, well, they caused it, and I had a right to get angry. If you, had, if you had known what they did to me, you would see why I responded so quickly. But the truth is, the Bible says a wise person stays calm, not when it's just easy to stay calm, but a wise person stays calm when he's been insulted, when he's been disrespected, when he's been wronged. The wise person stays calm. So I challenge you, don't make the excuse of, 
well, they said this to me or they did that to me or they did this and this happened and that happened. No, 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 no. The wise person stays calm when insulted, but the fool is quick-tempered. You say, well, Pastor Renan, uh, you know, I don't, I don't scream and yell out. I, I don't get angry, but I get a little annoyed. Right? So we try to soften it. Right? Our, our cop-out is, well, I, you know, I don't get angry, but I get annoyed. Here's what the Bible says, same verse in the, in the New International Version. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. I want, I want you to note here, it's not that, that a wise man can't get annoyed for a moment, but it's when you show it. The wise man makes a choice. I'm going to overlook it. Is it annoying? Did it hurt a little bit? Yes, it did. But I'm going to choose to overlook it. But the fool shows their annoyance. Don't be quick-tempered. Don't be quick-tempered. Here's, here's another verse for you along the same lines uh, from the book of Proverbs. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 17. See, it's a slippery slope. Uh, we, know, we all know people who get annoyed but right after annoyance comes anger. Watch right here. Short-tempered people do foolish things and schemers are hated. So I want you to note, the fool is quick-tempered and short-tempered people do foolish things. So you, we can sit here and say, well, I got a, I've got a little quick temper. I, I'm a little, got a little short temper, but I'm, I'm not a fool. That's fine, but short-tempered people do foolish things. It's the chicken or the egg. Here's what the Bible's saying. Being short-tempered, being quick-tempered makes you a fool. Don't be looking around at anybody right now. Here's the thing. If you don't know if you're quick-tempered or not, when you get home today, ask your spouse. Let's go to number two. Proverbs 26 and 17. Interfering with someone else's argument is as foolish as yanking a dog's ears. One version says, it's as foolish as yanking a stray dog's ear. It's as foolish as yanking a mad dog's ear. Have you ever seen someone come up to a dog, even a good dog, and grab it by its ears and pull on them? I want you to get a picture of what what the writer is saying here. Your hands are by its mouth, you yank its ears, its first reaction is going to be to turn and bite you right on the wrist. That's what it's going to do. Even good dogs. They don't like you to yank their ears. I don't know if this is news to you or not. They don't like it when you yank their ears. And you make it worse if it's a mad dog, an angry dog, or a stray dog. And because you're in such close proximity to them, you can't get away in time to avoid getting bit. And so the writer said this, when we interfere with someone else's arguments, when someone else's problems and struggles and and disagreements, here's what's going to happen. You are going to get bit. You're going to get bit. You're going to want to be the one that's hurt. The dog's going to get over it. His ears will only hurt for a moment, but the mark that he leaves on you will last much longer. And it will hurt much worse. And entering into someone else's argument, you may be just trying to help, but you'll end up getting hurt. 
You yank the dog's ears. Everybody's standing around. They think you're just going to pet the dog. Oh, look at him. He's going to go pet the dog. You yank his ears. He bites you. The people around you don't go, oh my gosh, are you okay? No. At least at my house, we laugh. We say, you idiot. You yanked his ears. (laughs) And you're looking for sympathy, but I'm bleeding. You yanked his ears. Like, I'll help you and get a Band-Aid, but you're not getting sympathy from me. Here's what happens. (laughs) Is that just my house? We laugh at others' folly? Okay. Just my house. Okay. Here's what happens. You interfere in someone else's argument. You're only trying to help. You end up getting hurt. You got two people, both of whom you love, and you get in between them, and you're just trying to help, and you end up with both of them mad at you and lashing out at you, and you turn to your friends, and you're trying to get some sympathy, and they're like, listen, we told you not to get involved. Because when you enter when you interfere with someone else's argument, you're going to get bit. It's going to hurt. Be reluctant to interfere. And if you have to, be quick to speak peace and love. Um, don't be shocked if people end up upset with you. In my role, this is something that I'm asked to do on a fairly reg- regular basis is step in. And I just have to step in knowing that Before this situation is done, there's a high likelihood that people are going to be upset with me. So it doesn't mean that we can never do it, but we just have to know the consequences are when we interfere, most likely we're going to get hurt. So according to the Word of God, you're a fool when you're quick-tempered and when you interfere in someone else's argument. Number three, Proverbs 18 and 6. Proverbs 18 and 6. Fool's words... Get them into constant quarrels. They're just asking for a beating. So here's number three. A fool. You know you're a fool if you are in constant quarrels. Are you always bickering with somebody? Are you always fighting with somebody? Are you always at odds with somebody? You come home every day and, uh, to your spouse and say, you won't even believe what happened today and who I got into it today with you. I mean, you won't even believe what they said. You know, and I told him, and I told her, and I did this, and they did that, and, and we're in constant quarrels. You're a fool if you're in constant quarrels. You're just asking for a beating. Here's what the Message Bible says, same verse. He says it like this, the words of a fool start fights. Do a favor and gag him. Do him a favor and gag him. He is going to get his own rear kicked, so just gag him. I love the message Bible. He just puts it out there. Do him a favor and gag him because he's just asking for a beating. You know any fools in your life that are in constant quarrels? And, and, and it's just like, man, every day. And you're, and have you ever said this about someone? One day, somebody's going to beat the tar out of that guy. And as I was reading this, there were a few people in, in situations just going through my mind. And I'm sitting here going, like, even right now, there's one particular guy that I, like, it's, he's just, I can see his face. And I'm like, one day, he's going to get the mess beat out of him. Why? Because he's a fool. He's in constant quarrels all the time. And somebody is going to, you know, lay their hands on him. And not in a Bible way. Are you in constant quarrels? Is it always something? Always bickering with somebody? Always at odds with somebody? Always quarreling? If you are, 
The Bible says it makes you a fool. Um, their, their words start fights. He said in Proverbs 18 and 7 that a fool's mouth will be their ru- ruin. Stop being a fool. Number four, you doing okay today? All right. Uh, Proverbs 10 and 23. Doing wrong is fun for a fool, but living wisely brings pleasure to the sensible. Living wisely is pleasurable to the, to the sensible, to the wise man. If we do things the right way, if we do the right thing, that gives the wise man pleasure, but the fool loves to do the wrong thing. The fool loves getting in trouble. The fool enjoys the thrill of is he going to be caught or not? The, the fool loves to do the wrong thing, to be the bad boy, to be the bad guy. The fool loves it. He gets enjoyment out of it. So he keeps on doing it because it's giving him a thrill. It's giving him enjoyment. But the wise man finds pleasure in doing the right thing. The Message Bible says it like this. An empty head thinks mischief is fun. But a mindful person relishes wisdom. Are you an empty head? Are you an empty head? Here's what he's saying. If you, if you think doing wrong is fun and mischief is, mischief is fun, then there's nothing going on in your brain up there. It's empty. I know you're thinking I'm being harsh today, but I'm just reading you Scripture. He says, doing the right thing should bring you pleasure. Acting right, treating others right, doing the right thing, especially when it's hard. There have been moments in my life, now as I was reading this scripture, I was thinking of them, um, on, and, and I have been on both sides of this coin. When doing the wrong thing, when reacting the wrong way seemed so justified. And I've thought about the times when I reacted like my flesh wanted me to react, when I did the wrong thing. And it felt good in the moment to get someone told to do what I wanted to do, to go the other way. But when I laid my head down at night and the adrenaline from the moment wore off, disappointed in myself, felt like I had let God down, let my family down. Let, let my church down, let my friends down, whatever the situation may be, because I did the wrong thing. There were other times, and that, the problem is that feeling sticks with me. There were other times when faced with difficult situations, when I wanted to do the wrong thing, when it seemed like it would be much more fun, but I kept my mouth shut and I responded correctly. In the moment, it is so hard, so hard. How many of you know it is hard to keep your mouth shut? It, I mean, it is for me. I'll just speak for me. It is hard sometimes to keep my mouth shut. And yet, when I've been able to do the right thing and respond the right way, as hard as it was in the moment, when I lay my head down at night and it's just me and God, I felt like my God was proud of me. And I was proud of myself. And I felt good about my actions rather than bad about myself. And every time doing the right thing, it may not in the moment bring me pleasure, but for the rest of my life, when I think about those times, I get pleasure from them. But every time I've done the wrong thing, when I'm reminded of that situation, there's a bit of shame and embarrassment that goes along with it, even when justified. 
I'll just speak for myself when I tell you that this verse is very, very real. And the wise man finds joy in doing the right thing. One more. Number five. Proverbs 30 and 32. If you have been a fool by being proud or plotting evil, cover your mouth in shame. The fifth characteristic that we're talking about of a fool today is you are a fool if you're proud. If you're proud or if you plot evil, it makes you a fool. The Bible says this, that pride comes before destruction. This is, this is not a pride might come for, before destruction. This is not a, if you're not careful and you don't handle your business right, pride will come before destruction. No, no. This is a statement of fact, not opinion, fact. And here's what it means. If you are prideful, you will face destruction. A haughty spirit comes before the fall. So, the psalmist is writing to us right here. And he said, if you know the outcome, the consequence, before you do the action, it makes you a fool. Here's what he's saying. You know the result of being proud. And if you choose to be proud anyway, it makes you a fool because destruction is coming. Do you have pride in your life? Are you, do, do, you, do you have pride? Do, do people look at him and say, that is the most prideful sucker I have ever met in my life? Do they think that of you? Or do you have a life of meekness and humility? Because that's what the Bible calls for. Meekness and humility. There are times in my life when I, I am proud of myself, proud of something that I've done, proud of my kids. Last night, uh, my son, uh, is, he's, he's playing Little League. He never plays Little League, but he's playing Little League, and I was super proud of my kid. Um, as an 8-year-old, he was playing up against 9-year-olds and 10-year-olds, and he made the 8-year-old All-Star team and the 9-year-old All-Star team, and they wanted him on the 10-year-old All-Star team. We said, two is enough. I can't take any more. Um, but last night, these boys went out there, his whole team, and uh, we were playing a team from Port Arthur. And all of these boys went out there in a driving rain, standing in two and three inches of water, and they played in the most difficult conditions ever, and they played their hearts out. You know what? I'm proud of all of those boys. I'm proud of my kid. He walked the first batter, and then he struck out the next three. I was proud of him. It's okay to be proud, but when pride begins to rule your life, the problem with it is it begins to lift, you begin to lift yourself up. And we lift ourselves up before God. And I can guarantee you, pride in your life too long will lift yourself up before God. And then God will allow the things of this world, the enemy, to bring destruction to knock you back down. Pride makes an idol of ourselves what it does pride lifts us up to where we are worshiping ourselves rather than worshiping God and and that's a problem is there pride in your life or he says do you plot evil 
Not only is it fun, not only do you enjoy it, but you're looking for ways. You're calling your friends and saying, let's get into some trouble tonight. You're looking for ways to do the wrong thing, plotting evil. So there's five characteristics that we can look at when we look at the actions, the things a fool does. And here they are. Number one, he's quick-tempered. Number two, you interfere in someone else's argument. Number three, you are in constant quarrels. Number four, you think doing the wrong thing is fun. And number five, you are, a, you are proud or you plot evil. You're a fool if you do any of these things. You're a fool if you do any of these things. Are you taking notes today? Okay. So let's look at some of the consequences. Now, I want to take a, a little different flip on the consequences today. Normally we talk, talk about if I'm the fool, this is the consequences that I face. But here's what I want to talk about for the next couple of minutes. Being around a fool brings consequences to your life. So if we've got fools that in our lives, fools that we're hanging out with, fools that we're spending time with, it, we pay a price. And here's the consequences of having fools in your life. Let's go uh, to the book of Proverbs Chapter 13, verse 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. That sounds great. If I hang out with wise people, I'll be wise. Let me ask you this question. Do you know any wise people? And do you're spending time with them? Because if you're not, we're going to struggle. Here's the flip side. The companion of a fool will suffer harm. So he gives us two options here. Number, number one... If you hang out with wise people, you'll become wise. But if you hang out with a fool, you will suffer harm. Because the fool ruins his own life. Remember we talked about that a moment ago? The fool will ruin his own life and then blame God. And when his life blows up, your life will blow up right along beside it. You will suffer harm if you are too close to a fool in your life. So find some wise people and spend more time around them. There was an old saying that we used to have in youth ministry. We used to tell these students, you are who you hang out with. You become like the people you hang out with. That's why it's so important, parents, that we monitor the friends of our students. Because they will become like whoever they hang out with. And this Bible is talking about the same exact principle. If you hang out with a wise man, you'll become wise. But if you hang out with a fool, you're going to suffer harm just like he does. He puts it in, in, in perspective. He gives us an illustration in another verse. Um, in, in chapter uh, uh, 17, verse 12. It is safer to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than to confront a fool caught in foolishness. You're walking through the forest, as we often do. You walk up on a stream, and there's a cute little teddy bear. You decide to go and pet him. He's cute. He wants to be petted. So as you're petting him, you turn around to see Mama Bear about to lose her mind on you. And I'm just going to tell you, if you get in the fight with a mad Mama Grizzly Bear, you're likely to lose. If you're standing between her and her cubs, moms, how many of you know the feeling? You can mess with me, but don't mess with my babies. Right? This is the principle. You are safer 
to mess with the baby cubs, with the mama standing beside you, about to maul you, than you are if you get up in the middle of a fool while he is caught up in his foolishness. You're safer because you will suffer harm. Hang out with a fool, you're going to suffer harm right along with the fool because the fool is going to ruin his own life. He's going to blow up his own life. He, a fool invites disaster into his own life, and when that bomb blows up, it's going to blow you up too. How bad could it possibly be? The psalmist said it's worse than getting between a mama bear and her cubs. Hang out with fools, the Message Bible says. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Second consequence. Proverbs 14 and 7. Escape quickly from the company of fools. They're a waste of your time and a waste of your words. You spend time with fools. You're wasting it. In life... When you say, what does your life consist of? We can talk about the things in our life. But truthfully, life consists of our relationships, purpose, but it consists of time. I can get more money. I, I can get more friends. I could find new restaurants. I could find a new house. I could get a new car. But right now, time is ticking away. And you'll never get it back. And so when we waste time, what we're actually doing is wasting our lives. We're wasting time. When we waste time, we're wasting our life. And here's, here's, what, the, here's what he says. When, if you're around a fool, get away quickly. Because the longer you stay there, the consequence is you're wasting your life. Don't do it. Get away quickly. And you're wasting your words. What is he talking about here? He's saying, you're busy trying to help them. Well, Pastor, I'm just going, I'm, I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to help them. You're wasting your words because a fool can't be helped. Remember that, that a, one rebuke is better for a wise man than a hundred lashes on the back of a fool. You're wasting your words. If a rod to the back 100 times can't help them, what are your words going to do? You're wasting your time, you're wasting your words, you're wasting your life. Get away as quickly as you can. Run. You know what? One of my mentors says it like this. Some of us need a friendectomy. You need to cut some friends out of your life. Because they're fools and they're wasting your life. And every time their life blows up, your life seems to blow up. You wouldn't have any drama in your life if it weren't for the fools surrounding you. You need a friendectomy. Pastor Brett told me that one day. He said, Randy, you need a friendectomy. They're, they're wearing you out and dragging you down. They're fools. I said, that makes perfect sense. Some of us need a friendectomy cutting some people out of our life. Proverbs 26 and 12. A couple more verses. We're almost done. There is more hope for fools than for people who think they are wise. They are wise.
The wise man continually seeks wisdom because he realizes that wisdom is a journey, not a destination. But the fool thinks he's arrived. And when you think you've arrived, here's what the Bible says. When when you think you're wise, there's more hope for the fool than the wise man, than, than the one who thinks he is wise. Because if you think you're wise, stop trying, you stop learning. I don't need to learn anything. I know it all. And our life stops. There's no hope for us. And that's why it's so important as we study these verses together that we ask the Holy Spirit. You know, I may have come into this thinking that I was wise. As I've been studying this, now I'm going through my life day after day, week after week, and I'm going, what what would the wise person do and what would the fool do? Am I wise or am I a fool? Because if I think I'm wise... I stop learning. There's no hope for me. You know, I think our posture, um, our, our general posture should be this, the, the posture of our hearts. Lord, I need your wisdom and I need your guidance. And don't stop speaking to me and don't stop teaching me and don't let me think I've arrived, but keep me on a path and keep me on a journey of learning. Are you the fool? Do you need to get rid of some fools in your life? Do you need to change some of your actions? One more verse. Proverbs 17 and 21. It's painful to be the parent of a fool. As I've been preaching this message, there are people Everything we're saying relates right back to your kids, to the mistakes they've made, to the trouble they've been in, to the continual messing up time, time after time. They're a fool. And you love them with all of your heart. Every fiber in your being loves them. You also know they're a fool. And their foolishness caused you pain. You've had sleepless nights. You've dealt with the words they've said, the actions. You've spent money you shouldn't have spent. You've been in places you shouldn't have been. You've had to do things you should have never had to do because you're the parent of a fool. I'm not attacking your kid today. That's not the purpose of this verse. My heart is this. This is what God said to me. Randon, I want to heal some wounds in parents today. And moms who have been wounded by their kids. And fathers who have done all they know to do and continue to do all they know to do. But parenting a fool brings you harm. And God said, Randon, I want to bring some healing today I want to bring some hope that it's not over don't give up get healed receive new grace and go get back in the fight told you at the beginning of this year and I every week every Friday morning I pray for your kids many of you have sent me their names and their ages and I read that list and I pray week 
after week after week, and I'm not stopping, you don't stop either. Together, we're going to see God turn their lives around. But right now, this is about you. There, if you have been hurt by a fool, starting with parents, but you might be married to a fool and you have felt the pain time and time again, your parent might be the fool, but one way or another, you have felt the pain of other people's foolishness. God wants to begin a healing process on you today. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me for just a moment? If I'm talking to you today, would you just slip your hand up, just wave at me real fast? Yeah. If you're you're watching online, I know I can't see you, but God does. Just wave your hand. Just say, God, I'm here. And I need to be healed today because I am hurting. Father, for every person in this room, for every person watching online, no matter where we are, I know that you sent me here today not just to help us to learn and help us to grow, to open our eyes. Father, you sent me here today. That your Holy Spirit could begin a healing work in the lives of your people. For parents who have been hurt, for moms who have been hurt and wounded, for fathers who have done all they know to do and lay awake at night searching for answers. Father, begin to heal them right now. Begin a healing process right now, Lord God. Sew the wound up, heal it quickly. Father, release new grace, new grace to parent, new grace to love, new grace to do exactly what you've called us to do, new grace, oh God, for those who have felt the effects of other people around us, maybe husbands, maybe wives, maybe our parents, maybe friends, maybe bosses, whatever it might be, we have felt the effects of their foolishness, God, I pray that healing would happen right now, that you would begin to restore us that you would begin to lift us back up, get us back on our feet, make us strong again. And Lord, for those in this room, say, I've been the fool. I've been short-tempered. I've been responding too quickly. I've been interfering in other people's arguments. I'm constantly quarreling with other people. I find it fun to do the wrong thing, and, and I have pride in my heart. God, I pray that you would make a sharp break today, and we would get on the path of wisdom we would leave foolishness in our, in our in our past and we would follow your words we would become wise give us direction lead us and guide us in jesus name we pray amen amen